guys, it's Alana. I wanted to talk to you today about nurturing your creativity and how important that is for us as authors to make sure that we are treating our muse gently and feeding our creativity with the things that are going to build us up. So I want to start by telling you the mistakes that I used to make. I used to really think about my muse and my creativity. I'm going to use them interchangeably here, just so you know, but I used to kind of think of them as a workhorse. It would show up when I needed it to. I would work it as hard as I could. I tend to be a very disciplined person to begin with, just kind of personality wise. And so my thought was, all right, creativity, you're going to work hard. You're going to pump out tons of books and we're going to keep on pumping out novels. And that's what we're doing. And there have been a couple times in my career where I really just had to take a screeching halt. So one of them had to do with early, early on when I got very crippling carpal tunnel after I published my first novel. That's when I started learning to kind of take care of my body and my wrists. I started taking breaks in my writing day, doing stretches. The next major, major break came. Well, the next two actually came family moved. I realized that I just take time when we move to a new location. All of you who have moved to know it's stressful no matter what, even if it's an exciting move. For me, uh, based on my experience, the first time we moved, I took about six weeks to be able to get back into writing. The second time we moved, this was just a year ago in 2018. The second time we moved, it took four months. It was very, very stressful, intense. It was probably my season of most intense burnout that I've had as an author to date. And one of the primary reasons I went through that, aside from the just external family, you know, stress that was going on from that, is I had not been treating my creativity the way it needed to be treated. And so everything kind of shifted for me that summer. I took a whole summer just unable to write any fiction. I did my best to try to keep from freaking out, but I will be honest, like I was very much freaking out. Now, I had gone through enough ups and downs as an author that I knew eventually I'd get back into it, right? I mean, this wasn't the first time that I was blocked, but it was for sure the longest time I went through. And it was one of the first times where my discipline was not enough to get me through it, right? So before, I could always just say, okay, come on, Alana, you're a hard worker. You know how to check things off your to-do list. It's time to get back to work. This time, though, I knew that I could not get back to work until my muse started to cooperate with me. And so what I began to do is to think of my muse less as like a servant who was there to do my bidding, you know, or a workhorse that I could just whip into submission. I started to think about my creativity as a little kid. And it really, really helped me. So I don't want you to like, if, if you get um, a little bit weirded out at personifying your muse to this extent, it's totally fine. You don't have to, but I just want to make some parallels that have helped me. When I started to think about my muse and my creativity as a little kid, it helped me to realize I need to be protecting my muse. I need to be protecting my creativity and nurturing my creativity and hopefully that's going to avoid seasons of that intense burnout like I experienced before. So what do I mean by nurturing your creativity? Now, one of the things that this means is just filling yourself up with inspiring things, whatever that looks like. And sometimes it's even best if they're not book related. So I mean, the most obvious is, OK, if you're blocked writing fiction, maybe you should just read some really good fiction. I think that's good, but I also feel like sometimes it's nice to engage in something that is creative that has nothing to do with writing. 
So this year I am working on some origami. It's actually really fun because as a writer, I think I kind of like am drawn toward paper anyway. And so what I do is I, when I do one of my rounds of edits, it involves printing up my manuscript and making, you know, actual line edits with the pen. I like turning those leftover pages into origami. It has nothing to do with book sales, but it's just a fun way to build something new and to give my writing brain a break. And so for you, it, it could be something as simple as just watching a really good movie, or I really like musicals and theater. We don't get a ton of it up here in Alaska, but we do get some. And I try to make it a point to, you know, see some of those things. It's really just what fills you up. Sometimes it's just like a hike through nature or listening to great music. It's going to be different for each person. But it's just appreciating the art that other people have created can really help feel, fill your inspiration and your well of creativity so that you have then like that creative energy to draw from. So like I said, this is going to look different for different people, but it's just so important. Um, it's to the point where like every time I finish a project, I go through just um, almost like a checklist, almost like a debrief with myself of how that project went. So like when I finish a manuscript, I have these kind of bullet points I go through. And one of them really is just do something creative. So this last time I just finished a book for authors on productivity. It's not out yet. But um, when I finished the first draft, one of the ways that I wanted to kind of celebrate that I finished was to watch something beautiful. So I just looked up a YouTube recording of Swan Lake, which is one of my favorite ballets and, and watched it one evening. Present, like I said, nothing to do with my books. I don't think I'm ever going to write a Swan Lake adaptation. I don't think I'm ever going to have a character who's a ballerina, but it still was inspiring. It was creative and things like that. Um, so just find some things that work for you. And then the other kind of counterpoint or not necessarily counterpoint, but just the other um, topic I want to address in terms of just taking care of your creativity is to really just kind of slow down when you need to. Like I said, I'm very disciplined. I like checking things off my to-do list, but really I need to honor my creativity. And so there, there always is this tension of, well, do I write when I'm inspired or do I make sure that inspiration shows up when I need inspiration to show up, right? So I think that we can for sure go to the extreme and just say, oh, I don't really feel like writing today, so I'm not going to. That's not what I'm condoning at all. I do think that we need discipline, structure, all of that, but kind of like a preschooler, if you've ever raised preschoolers or spent time with preschoolers, they need structure. They need to know when it's time to do something, but every so often, like if if you're in the store and your four year old is throwing the most massive tantrum in the world, sometimes you just need to remove the kid from that situation, go home, let them rest and then go back and do your shopping. I kind of think of that with my writing. If it's just that my creativity needs a little nudge, my brain feels a little sluggish, I need to just kind of warm up to the thought of working, then, yes, it's for sure worth that little input of energy it takes to kind of get over that little hump and and get into your workday. But if it's something where like your muse is throwing an absolute fit, it might be time to step away. Sometimes it's even for like five minutes. So my son, when we do homeschool stuff, sometimes I need to tell him like, if he's having a really hard time just sitting down and doing the work, I'll tell him like, go run up and down the stairs 10 times and then come right back. And at least half the time, just getting that little burst of energy 
is enough to help them get focused. Sometimes that's all we need. Like give yourself a 15 minute walk or a, you know, half hour nap. Sometimes that's all you need. But I encourage you to just start being more intuitive. That's where I really messed up. I was not being intuitive. My thought was, okay, I'm going to write 7,000 words today. My journal says that I'm going to write 7,000 words today. So I am going to write 7,000 words today. But every so often, I need to learn to just listen to my own intuition and to know when it is time to slow down, even if it's just for a little, in order to honor my creativity. There for sure is the place for discipline. But I think I think we can have the best of both worlds, to be honest. I think that we can be disciplined, structured, goal-oriented, while still allowing our creativity to have that wiggle room that it needs to grow and thrive. So I hope that this was helpful and motivating for you today. And I hope that your creativity is exponentially increasing. And I hope that your writing career is really thriving right now. We'll talk to you soon.